Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 9:30. It is great to be with you another Tuesday evening, where we continue our reflections into the Book of Genesis. We will wrap up our reflections into Chapter 16 and really get into Chapter 17, the sign of circumcision. Right, the the great sign of the Abrahamic covenant. I have been very much looking forward to our discussion this evening. But before we get into that discussion, I did just want to preview a little bit tomorrow and Thursday. Tomorrow, Father Mike and I, as we had discussed last week, you know, we're going to talk about the Passion. There's been such a groundswell of requests for Paul the Apostle that we might be calling an audible. We're just trying to to get to the movie theater, okay? So tomorrow we'll either be the Passion or Paul the Apostle of Christ. And in Thursday, what I'm going to do is respond to your questions that are about Holy Week. Now, some of that might be tied to a discussion on the Passion, if in fact we are talking about the Passion, but either way, in a couple days, we will talk about the stuff of Jesus's, our Lord's way of the cross, okay? So stay tuned for that. There's so much to talk about as it relates to the scourging of the pillar. I know I've been getting a great number of questions about that. So another radio program I look forward to. But as far as looking forward to programs, it is Tuesday evening, and we are about the book of Genesis and chapters 16 and 17. So what I wanted to do by way of wrap-up with chapter 16 is look at a question. If you were to go to Genesis chapter 16, verse 8, we read, And he said, that is the angel of the Lord, right? Hagar, made of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Where have you come from and where are you going? Okay, so yesterday we talked about Hagar and and we're not going to get into all that again. But what I do want us to consider is the question in of itself. Where have you come from? And where are you going? Anytime God asks a question, that's like a rumble strip. You know, you have those rumble strips before you come up on a toll, and those rumble strips are telling you to slow down. Anytime God asks a question, slow down. We need to pay attention. Why? Because there's a reason he's asking a question. Does God need to ask a question? Does God not know something? (laughs) Of course, he knows all things. He doesn't ask questions for his sake, but ours. We've talked about this before. And as we have, let us then stop, okay, and ask the question, what is God asking from us? To personalize this question, huh? Where have you come from and where are you going? You know, in the past, I have talked about that uh, assignment I used to give as a junior high teacher, that family tree assignment. We would study Adam and Eve, and I would take that as an opportunity to really get into what it means to think about 
our spiritual family tree. And one of the ways I did that is I had the students do a physical family tree. So the students can not only come to understand where they come from, but at the same time, then better appreciate who they are and where they are going. And what I always found fascinating when these family trees were done and they presented them were how engaged not only they were, but their parents were. This was the one assignment that I was okay if their parents were involved. In fact, I I encouraged it, making sure that, of course, the students were doing most of the research. It was always fascinating to me to just observe how both parent and child were so wrapped up in their story, were so wrapped up in their history, were so wrapped up in where they came from, and above all else, were so wrapped up in that that kind of uh, tenacity that each and every one of our forefathers had to deal with so as to bring us where we are today. Almost every time did the family that was presenting on their story want to be a better version of who they were. I mean, insert your own last name, your own story. To come to know where where you come from, is it not an opportunity to not only know where you come from and better understand your story, but an opportunity for growth to be a better version of who you are called to be, calling you out to be a better version of whatever your last name is. I'll insert my own name into this whole craft. I've done the family tree exercise. And let me tell you something. I also had that experience of getting to know not only my great-great-great-grandfather or my great-great-grandmother and what he did and, and what she did, but at the same time just getting a deeper appreciation that led me to wanting to live a better life. People made sacrifices for me, for me to have what I have. I too have to make sacrifices for my great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren to have what they hopefully will have. So my own study reminded me the importance of being second, right? Always placing someone and something else before me. Just not myself and my agenda, but my spouse and, and my plus vocation. This is what our lives are about. Where do you come from and where are you going? So here I'm talking about our physical family tree. But what about our spiritual family tree? Who were our first spiritual parents? But Adam and Eve. And what did Jesus do but restore us to the origins of our purity? Right? Jesus is a new Adam, as we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 14. Where sin arises in the garden, grace abounds all the more in the new garden, right? On the cross. And as we are reminded of this overarching truth about our spiritual ancestry, our spiritual pedigree, it brings us back to this question. Where have you come from and where are you going? Okay, so now that you realize where you come from, just not Adam, but Christ, 
as he has restored us in his grace. Where are you going? Just as I came to understand who I am and the Holcraft name, and it led me with this greater sense of purpose and vigor to become a better Holcraft, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we come to better understand where we come from spiritually, and this is what we're about in the book of Genesis, right? Hopefully, at the very least, 37 programs in, by the way, 17 chapters in, by the way, should we begin to think more critically about where we are going with greater purpose, with greater drive, with a sense of urgency, a robust enthusiasm. Lord, you want me to go over here and over there. We've, we've all been entrusted with the task, you see. And so let us examine where we are going. Where have you come from? Where are you going? Jesus asks the question, who do you say that I am? I think there's another question hidden within that. Who do I say that you are? Once you understand that God created you in his image and likeness, will you better understand where you are going? Because we can never fully understand who we are unless we come to understand where we come from. In our bodies, yes, but also in our souls. And all of this really does lead to a reflection on Genesis chapter 17. Because we have the great Abrahamic covenant and circumcision. Which, of course, ought to have us thinking about baptism. Alright, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. Let us go ahead and read some of chapter 17. I'm not going to get into, read all of chapter 17 but I do think I need to read, I'm looking at this probably all the way down to verse oh, 021. So if you have your Bibles out there and if you want to turn to chapter 17, I will go ahead and read verses 1 to 21. The great sign of the covenant, the second of three covenants that God makes with the great patriarch Abram. Verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram. At 99 years old. He's not done with them. 99 years old. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Okay, just let me hit the pause button there, huh? Abram is the original name meaning exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. Okay, I've talked about this before, how... In biblical times, a change in one's name signaled a change in one's mission and destiny, kind of, kind of an elevation of status in salvation history. Okay, verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations 
for an everlasting covenant. There it is, everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He that is eight days among you shall be circumcised, every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he that is born in your house and he that is bought with your money shall be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah. Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Okay, so there you have another name change, right? Sarai to Sarah. So variations of the same name, both meaning princess, its um, royal overtones certainly become more prominent with the promise that Sarah will be a mother of kings. Huh? Mother of kings. All right, verse 17 Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. He shall be the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. Okay, all right, some rich stuff there. Uh, (laughs) What of this Abrahamic covenant of circumcision? Well, again, the second of three covenants that God makes with the patriarch. Remember what we talked about back in Genesis chapter 12? We were talking in Genesis chapter 12 that the great Abrahamic covenant really comes to us uh, threefold, right? What were those three promises? That from Abram's line, Abram will become a great nation. The second, he will become a great name. And third, out from this great nation and great name will come a worldwide blessing. Well, in Genesis 17, what do we have? But his name being made great. So here you have 
the second part to the threefold covenant. Now, what about the sign of the covenant? Circumcision is the sign of the Abrahamic covenant and will certainly later serve as a rite of initiation into the liturgical life of Israel. Theologically, circumcision of the flesh points inward to the circumcision of the heart. Uh, For example, it summons the descendants of Abraham to cut away the, the stubbornness of fallen human nature in order to follow the Lord's way blamelessly. We read this in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16, as well as what we read uh, this evening. Now, on a more typological level, what is the counterpart to circumcision? But baptism. Baptism is the counterpart to circumcision as the initiation rite into the old covenant. No, the new covenant. With baptism, which is uh, administered to males and females, the grace of the sacrament affects the interior circumcision of the heart that the cutting of the flesh merely signified. Okay? What do we read in Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 to 12? But this very thing. My friends, what is the significance of this? It is quintessential. We read in Acts 15 of the great council of Jerusalem, the first council of the church, right? What takes place in 49 AD in Jerusalem, in this, in this great council? But a debate, and really a teaching. What happens? Well, the Christians have been baptizing into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as Jesus told them to do so. But the Sanhedrin stands up and says, what are you doing? Why are you talking about baptism in relationship to covenant? When we have the great Abrahamic covenant of circumcision, you don't enter into covenant relationship with God in and through baptism. No, in and through circumcision. But then Peter stands up and Paul and Barnabas and ultimately James saying, no, The way of the new covenant is baptism. What circumcision was to the Old Testament, to the old covenant, baptism is to the new covenant, to the New Testament. If circumcision was the outward sign that had you entering into covenant relationship with God, baptism is the new outward sign whereby we enter into covenant relationship with God. This is what Christ taught. Go therefore, preach, teach, and baptize into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptize into the very Trinitarian life of God. Baptize every man and woman into the love of God. So in Acts 15, on your left you had you had the Sanhedrin, right? The Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. And on your right you had the apostles, the new church, Peter, Paul, Barnabas, James. And, you know, James stands up in Acts 15. Why? Because he was the bishop of Jerusalem. He was uh, the, the bishop of the first church in Jerusalem. And we won't get into all of Acts 15 right now, but it, it is interesting that James there in Acts 15 quotes Amos. Amos is prophesying about the new covenant, the new Davidic covenant. And James is saying, Jesus Christ has come 
as the son of David. Promised all the way back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 to 17. And what comes with the new covenant, that new Davidic covenant, but baptism. As the new way of being incorporated into the very life of God. And remember, when we talk about baptism, you're talking about just not a dipping into water, but an immersion into the very life and death of God the very life and death of Jesus. How important is that? Now in uh, verses 15 to 21, what we have there is God promising to give Abraham a son. And what did we read, by the way, in chapter 15, verse 4? Let us turn there. Let us turn to verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, Your own son shall be your heir. So there's an interesting exchange and insight to be had because God had already revealed to him that he was going to have a son. But the thing of it is, Ishmael is not that son. The boy will be Isaac. His mother will be Sarah, not Hagar. And he will be born, as the verse highlights, next year next year, not in the unspecified future, per se. So he had revealed to him that he will bear a son, and what's new to Abraham is that it is not Ishmael, hmm? but Isaac. And from that line, of course, we have the continuation of the salvific pattern in history. Do we not? Abraham, Isaac, who comes from Isaac's line, we'll talk about this in great detail, Jacob, Jacob's name changes to Israel, right? We have a name change there. What do we say about a name change? A change in one's name signals a a change in one's mission and, and destiny. So Jacob's name changes to Israel. Israel fathers who? But the 12 tribes of Israel. Don't you think there's a connection between the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles? If the 12 tribes of Israel became the nation that belonged to God, yet they were split. How would God restore his people, his nation, but under a band of 12, 12 apostles who become the 12 cornerstones, huh? as the book of Revelation reminds us. All right, so we have that great promise. Now, what about the uh, laughter? <laughs> Well, the Hebrew Yitzhak is identical in form to the name Isaac. Isaac. Sarah has the same reaction to the news of his birth in chapter 18, verse 12. What's interesting here is there's very much a similar wordplay going on with Ishmael. Remember what we talked about yesterday. When Abram listened to Sarai... The Hebrew word for listened is Yishma. What does that sound like? But Ishmael. Again, the Hebrew word for Ishmael is Yishmael. So there's a word play going on. And this is why we have come to identify Jacob's name, meaning what but laughter. Laughter. And as far as the covenant itself with Isaac goes, the election of Isaac as the heir really does 
as the verse draws out, <laughs> shut Ishmael out of the divine plan for Abraham's family. And certainly this is further demonstrated in the Genesis narrative as Hagar and Ishmael are expelled from the camp of Abraham and ultimately in chapter 21, completely disinherited, completely disinherited. And we don't have time to get into that now. Maybe that'll be a point of departure for us next week as we talk about what it means to receive blessing and what blessing and birthrights are all about. So Genesis chapter 17, this is about the, the second part of the threefold covenant that now Abram's name has been made great as he now is called Abraham. And as he is called Abraham, he enters into this great covenant of circumcision with God. And certainly for us as Christians, it was necessary that we reflected at least a little bit into how this points towards the great sacrament of baptism. Amen? Amen. All right, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of another evening, the gift to be able to reflect into the richness and beauty of your word during this great Holy Week. We are in gratitude. We are in gratitude for the sacrament of baptism as many are in the final days of preparing to receive this great sacrament. I, as a brother in Christ, intercede on behalf of all of those who are preparing to be baptized into the church, being baptized, baptized into the family of God, that in those gifts of faith, hope, and love, that they will receive anew. They might be replenished, restored, and sent forth to do great things for you, then indeed our great baptismal vocation of being in you always points at the same time to being for other. And so, Heavenly Father, I intercede on behalf of all of my brothers and sisters in Christ that their hearts might be open to you in an entirely new way. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.